Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Really? The undefeated, I'm sorry, the previously undefeated Eagles at home on Monday Night Football and they lose to my commanders? Let's go. Most days are bad days when you're a commanders fan, when you're watching a football fan. It, most days are bad days. You wake up and you're like, oh, what's going on with my team today? Oh, God. Most days are bad days, but not today. Today is a great day. Today is an awesome day. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. Something happened last night? Matthew, please Greatness stop, happened please last stop night. jiggling. Please I stop refuse. jiggling. Now I'm going to jiggle even more. Oh, I'm going to jiggle even more. This is a victory jiggle. Oh. This is a you like that jiggle. So this always- is a like, whatever, just be glad I'm not shirtless like Schefter. That's right. This is always going to be a tough Just seg- be glad I'm one. not shirtless like Schefter. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't wearing a hat. He didn't have the whole costume. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, Schefter has good hair. I do not have good hair. Any excuse to wear a hat on national television. Oh. I have good hair. You know what else I have? I have a good defense. I have a good run game, at least as of last night. Hail to the Commanders. Hail victory. All right, let's get it over with. Let's talk about Commanders, Eagles. All right, I'll, I'll give you By the, the way, point. welcome into the show. It is, uh, it, look, I will tell you this. It is noon on a Tuesday on Peacock, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere is my mind, where we've been partying ever since last night, ever since uh, the Commanders shocked the world. Not me, but shock the world. I believe. Ah, Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. I believe the whole way. Burn every tape that I said that they were going to lose. Absolutely not. Look who's back to celebrate. Mini Marlon McIntosh. Marlon Mack. Marlon McIntosh. There we go. He's back as well. We're thrilled. Absolutely. Look, everyone loves a winner. Marlon McIntosh does. Mini Marlon McIntosh. We got a smaller one. I still miss the big one, but whatever. Matthew Berry wins. Everybody, everybody wins except the Eagles. Except the Eagles. Yes. Wrong. Wrong team was favored by yes. eleven points. Eleven and a half. Yeah. No one believed. <laughs> no one believed. No one believed. Just me and Minnie Marlin. Yes. Just the two of you. Just the, the two, two of, of us. And your, and your hat. And, and my hat. Eagles glasses. Yeah. The glasses. Jeff didn't have the glasses either. Nah, thank That's you. Thing you, you Honestly, when you think about the fact that, like, I got the hat, I got the chains, and I'm wearing my shirt. I think three for three over Schefter's uh, version of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did the sweep. Yeah, yeah. you're the commander. He's the, the yes, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who his team is, though. You know, he's, he's independent. But I'm a hardcore, um, and we love you, Adam. Uh, and so um, 
what I would say here is, uh, what a victory. What an amazing victory. <laughs> we got into that yet? Yeah. yeah. Should we, let's get into the game. Let's get into the game. Let's talk about this. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. First, let's hear from Nick Sirianni on the other side. Oh, yeah. Let's hear. Loss. I would love to hear this. So let me drink up these Nick Sirianni tears. Like, whether the calls were bad or whether the calls were good or whatever it was, I think when, you're, when you play when you play the way we did tonight, when you play the way we did on all three phases, you know, like offense, defense, special teams, coaching, right? When you, when you play like that, it, it does seem like you're, you're – it, it seems like everything's going against you. You create your own luck, and, and we played like crap. We, we, didn't, we didn't do a good enough job, and, we, 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 and, uh, and it feels like things go against you. Those, those plays, those, those scenarios that happen when you, when you play like that, get magnified right the what if it whether it was the right call or wrong call and so we made our own luck today and uh and we and it was bad he's right about that he's right about he's right about that listen the officials let's just get this out of the way because i've heard from a lot of salty bitter eagles fans like our own blake friedman here yeah just bitter angry upset sad (laughs) (laughs) i'm an eagles fan look tears can get through those glasses (laughs) (laughs) that's what they do i did that with my kids by the way my kids will start complaining i just like it drives them crazy they'll start yelling about something like you know well you i don't want to go to bed or like you don't make me eat that or whatever i'm like i'm not fun to have have this visual stuck in my nightmares for many years to come look first off the let's just talk about the penalties okay the face max penalty the the missed one on goddard bad call just like just no asked and answered right It, it, it was a bad call by the way Officials make bad calls all the time, including in this game, because, by the way, the, the offensive pass interference on Jahan Dotson, that freed up Curtis Samuel, that was a BS call as well. Sure. He was clearly running a route. He wasn't intending to try to, um, to pick the guy. And, by the way, unintended pick plays, that never gets called. That almost never gets called. So that was, a ba- that was a bad call that went against the commanders. As for the quarterback hit at the end of the game, I said this in the video that I put out on Twitter uh, last night and on, on Instagram and, and TikTok. Please follow me on TikTok because, as you can see, I'm hip with the kids. Um, at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media except the Fantasy Life app where I'm at Matthew Berry. Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about that play. Sure. Don't put yourself in that position. That's the rule. You can sit here and say, I don't like the rule, and I hear you. And you can say, like, it's, it's BS and it's ticky-tack. And I hear you. And I agree. It is ticky-tack and it's a BS. But that is the rule. He took a knee. There was a beat. And then Graham still hit him. Graham still hit him and Jay Croucher. Don't, you're the Eagles. You're 8-0 and you're at home. It shouldn't come down to one play. Yep, I'm with you. It shouldn't I- come down to one play. By the way, and a, a play that was called correctly. Your issue is with the NFL rules not the officials on that play. The officials made bad calls on both sides last night, but that wasn't one of them. The unnecessary roughness was absolutely a penalty. That's absolutely a penalty. There's no issue with that at all. It's the face mask, which was the one, but yeah. It goes yeah, it was both bad, times. but right, and, and yes, and, and should they be able to review that, and they can't, and then, there's all sorts of issues with NFL officiating, and it's called inconsistently, and all of that, asked and answered. That's not why. Here's the unnecessary roughness. He takes a knee, there's a beat, and then boom, yep. two guys hit him. That's and look at, look at <laughs> oh, Heineke. We won the Super Bowl. He's up. That's right. We're I took five a knee. Five, baby. Boom, boom. Two beats. There's two beats before he gets hit. It's very clumsy. It's a very it's, silly play. It's, just, and, and it's a dumb have, play. It really might have cost them dearly, honestly. Right, and if they, if they had just, if they had, he easily could have stepped aside. He could have held up. He could have, there was enough of a, 
there was enough of a space between the time he, he steps yeah. down and they get there that they could have held up and they could have just touched him. Instead, they dove in trying to maybe get credit for the sack. Who knows why they do it? But it's a stupid play, especially from a veteran like that. That's the rule. You don't have to like the rule, but that is the rule. When the, if the Eagles got the ball back there, it felt like there was a 100% chance that they were winning that game. Uh, I'm not sure how much faith you had in the vaunted oh, I've seen that. secondary. They were at home up by 10 against the Vikings last week, sure. and they lost. Yep. You know what I mean? Alright. Before we jump into the fantasy impact, let's talk a little bit about just overall football impact. That was a pretty shocking result, losing at home as 11, 11 and a half point favorites. And I want to give cre- so a couple things. First off, credit to both. I mean, listen, Ron Rivera, especially, you know, he gets ultimate credit. But, you know, Scott Turner, I thought, called a great game plan. And Jack Del Rio, who I've criticized on this show at the beginning of the year because of the underperformance of the defense, the defense stepped up. The defense played great, has played great uh, over the last couple of weeks, but especially this was, this was a terrific performance by both the defense and the offense. Both coordinators, I thought, called absolutely masterful games. Uh, and, and so Scott Turner was like, hey, we're going to just keep running the ball. They kept getting into third and short. They kept converting. They kept running. The Eagles coming into this game were – I was really surprised that on the broadcast – Troy Aikman was saying, like, wow, I, you know, I just can't believe they're just taking it to the Eagles like this. And I'm like, I think I'm paraphrasing, but he was surprised by, and I'm like. So what Damian Pierce did? Yeah, yeah. They, exactly. I mean, in a game in which the Texans were, like, losing bad and don't have a guy like Terry McLaurin, you know, in that game. Like, they didn't have Brandon Cooks in that game. Like, they don't have, and still, Damian Pierce, like, ran all over them. Like, they were giving up, like, six yards of carry to the Texans. Coming into that game over the last month, the Philadelphia Eagles were 27th against the run. They were a bottom five run defense coming into that game. It's one of the reasons why you liked Antonio Gibson over on the rushing. I liked Brian Robinson over on the rushing. Both those ended up hitting. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, the total scrimmage yards for Gibson did not hit, but he came very close. And they controlled the clock and they ran the ball very, very well. Philadelphia knew it was coming and still couldn't actually stop it they couldn't get off the field they kept converting the commanders did kept converting third downs yep okay well let's talk about the commanders backfield brian robinson getting heavy workload antonio gibson though gets the passing game work who do you want in this backfield going forward i think you still want antonio gibson they both get into the end zone here it's not always that you're going to have the kind of i get it you know robinson had the 86 rushing yards but because because there is passing game usage for Antonio Gibson, which seems weird to say because, I mean, he was 3 for 14 in this one. They were running the ball so effectively. But this is not going to be the typical game script. This is a team that usually is throwing quite a bit. Um, and so I think both guys are viable. But because there's no passing game usage for Brian Robinson, he needs a touchdown to pay off for you. Yep. Gibson has more of a floor because of the passing game usage. Basically a 50-50 split in terms of snap count. Jeez, they played a lot of snaps last night on offense. And to me, that's the story of the whole game is yep. that, look, everyone's talking about the Eagles' rush defense. Like, the commanders had 3.1 yards per carry. It wasn't like Damian Pierce 2.0. It's just the Eagles couldn't get off the field. And that's the, right. the commanders were getting these runs in huge leverage spots and converting third downs at over 50%. Yeah, everyone wants to talk about the, the quarterback hit at the end of the game. But, like, look at time of possession. Yeah. Like, to me, like, it's insane. Like, look, I mean, you guys know me. Look, if you can't trust somebody dressed like this, then who who in this crazy world can you trust? No one in America. Thank you very much. The idea here is that, um, you know, that that there was over 40 minutes of possession for the commanders. Like, I am the first person to, to dump all over Washington. 
But last night, objectively, they were the better team, start to finish. Yep, they played really well. And yes, the Eagles, they turned it over four times, but the commanders forced those fumbles. Hurts uh, throws the pick. That was another huge reason why they dominated. Time of possession. The yeah, Eagles... I mean, and you can even say, like, the, it, it maybe shouldn't even have been that close. Like, at the beginning, like, you know, the, the, the personal foul that, you know, and then they, they get in there, uh, they get in there quick. I understand people want to argue about the Goddard fumble because of the face mask. And that's 100%, just a brutally bad call. It, it was, it is what it is. Is. But again, like, again, I would argue the Dotson call was also pivotal as well, you know, and, and put them in a, a, a third and long. And, the, you know, that should have been a, a completion to Curtis Samuel. Yep. So um, I don't believe that's the reason the Eagles lost no, this game. We should mention as well, it's broken that Dallas got it, uh, has hurt his shoulder uh, on that face mask play. So we'll just have to wait and see with that. But it looks like he is going to miss some time. So just a really bad play for the Eagles at night all around. Yeah, no question. So we'll talk about tight end. Uh, options to pick up on the waiver wire, both Goddard and his former teammate, former Philadelphia Eagles tight end Zach Ertz. Yep. Also, so, uh, you know, and with Darren Waller on the IR, chances are you're looking for some tight ends. We have yep. some waiver wire options for you let's, coming up later. Let's uh, quickly hit the wide receivers because A.J. Brown's stat line was quite jarring. One reception for seven yards, four targets. Any concern about A.J. Brown? No, this is a guy who's had over 14 fantasy points in six out of nine games so far this year. Like, you know, um, bad day at the office. Like, they didn't possess the ball very much. You know, he limped off the field in the first quarter. looked like there was an injury scare. Who knows if he was maybe less than 100% here. It's his fewest fantasy points in a game this season. Just, again, they, they didn't possess the ball. Credit Again, credit Jack Del Rio and the commander's defense. They had a game plan for... Uh, specifically for A.J. Brown, it, it, clear, it was clear Hertz was going to Devontae Smith. He's going to Quez Watkins. He was looking elsewhere because Brown was so covered, you know, that they, they basically took Brown out of this game, and Hertz was under pressure a decent amount. And, oh, by the way, they didn't have the ball that much. They just didn't have that many possessions yep. to be able to get the ball to A.J. Brown. If there's a manager in your league that's panicking, I would make an offer for A.J. Brown. As much as I'm sitting here having fun with the, with the commander's victory, I still say the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. Yep, Okay. Just before we move on, and please, God, let us move on from the Washington Commanders, but Terry Never. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. The Commanders didn't win this game because of the run game, because of the defense. They won it because Terry McLaurin looked like a superstar out there. He goes 8 for 128, has a big play on Darius Slay, who also played well against when they played the Eagles earlier in the season. And uh, I think that you're just praying that Taylor Heineke is the guy moving forward. Yeah, for a variety of reasons, but especially if you have Terry McLaurin on your team. In the four games he's played with Taylor Heineke this season, he's averaging 16.6 fantasy points per game, a 32% target share, over 92 yards per game. You compare that, as you see it here on your screen, in the six games with Wentz, just a 16% target share, under four receptions a game, about 61 yards a game, 11 fantasy points per game. So five and a half points worse, 30 yards less, uh, you know, two and a half to three receptions worse with Carson Wentz than with Taylor Heineke. By the way, their schedule lines up really nicely, oh, yes. right? So the Texans are this week, then the Falcons, then the Giants. And, and the Giants are good this year, but like they're not as good as the Eagles, who the yeah. Commanders just beat. Yep. Uh, and then there's a bye, and then they play the Giants again. So they have a very legitimate chance to go 3-1, and 4-0 over the next four. I don't think they beat the Giants, but if they could get a split against the Giants, they can beat the Texans and the Falcons, which... I think is, you know, reasonable to assume. Sure. That, that, that they three-point favorites in Houston. They're three-point favorites in, in, in Houston. Atlanta, that'll be tough. They've played tough in every game, but, uh, you know, in, mo in most games this year, I should say. But, like, those are winnable games for the Commanders. So if they split with the Giants, 
That's three and one, and they're um, they are eight and six. Yep, going, going into the end. So I'm just like I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see what happens. The last conversation here on the Commanders is what do you do with Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke? Heineke's been you know they've been winning with Heineke. Objectively, Carson Wentz a better quarterback. He's better. Yep. He's a better quarterback. He, has a, he, he can make more throws. He's got a bigger arm. He's a better quarterback. He doesn't – I know this sounds insane because Wentz has made some boneheaded plays. But Wentz doesn't turn the ball over. He isn't as, you know, he isn't as gunslingery, no. if that's a verb. He's not as gunslingery as Taylor Heineke. But what I will say is – and this is what's the interesting thing, right? So he's not as gunslingery. He's a better, he's a better prototypical quarterback. You know, he is uh, fundamentally a better quarterback. I think there's this perception because Wentz was associated with the losing at the start of the season. That wasn't Wentz's fault. That was the defense's fault. Now the defense all of a sudden is pretty solid. And Chase Young as well is coming back Back for this week. Last one for you, and I hate talking. But but I was going to say is, though, but there is a swagger. um, There's a swagger to Taylor Heineke. There is an attitude. And that's been one of the knocks on Carson Wentz, not just in Washington, but at previous stops in his career, is that this is not a guy that gets in your face. He's not a, like, he's not an, he's not a, he's not like a leader. You know what I mean? Very low swagger quotient. Very low swagger quotient. That's right. And that there's, you know, and there's something to be said for where, what Heineke may lack in arm strength or accuracy. He makes up for in chains. There is something to be said for, I'm just saying, I, I think everyone's like, oh, it's definitely going to be Heineke. I'm not convinced it's definitely going to be Heineke, but I think it's a conversation. And when Carson went, went down, I think people would have been shocked. Like, over the next four games, when we're out of these next four games, it's going to be a conversation as to whether or not it's Heineke or Wentz going forward. Yeah. And I think people would be shocked if we'd said that four games ago. Absolutely. Last one for you on Bet MGM. And by the way, they should have beaten the Vikings, too. Yeah, they should have won that game. On BetMGM, Ron Rivera is 250-1 to 1 to win Coach of the Year. I don't know. 250-1. They go 11-6 and six and make the playoffs. If they make the Heineke playoffs, if they make the playoffs yeah, with Taylor like a, Heineke. There's like a 30 35% chance now they make the playoffs, and Rivera's 250-1. to 1. That's very big. Again, it's, it's a media perception award, and the media loves Ron Rivera. And there's a lot of story around there's him. There's a lot well. of story around him yeah. and just everything that's going on with the commanders outside of the football. You know what I mean? That that Ron Rivera has had a tougher hill to climb than a lot of coaches yep. because of everything that's going that doesn't that's that has nothing to do with what's on the field. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's jump into some Roto World headlines. You shake it near the microphone, it makes an even louder sound. Right. Fortunately, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get away from all this positivity and all this jiggling. Uh, and let's talk about an anti-jiggling headline. I definitely don't the... look like an old guy. I definitely don't look like an old guy. It's even you know. scarier on the screen. I mean, it really is. Oh, it really is. Good Lord. All right. Yeah. Rams wide but receiver Cooper Cup has but, a high ankle sprain. To be honest, it's a little mesmerizing too, isn't it? Uh, I look like a cross between um, – you ever see – they? I don't know if it aired, you know, someone else got in my ear. If the, if the, but you, they used to do these commercials for Six Flags, and it might have been local. Six Flags is a national amusement chain. But they used to have this guy, like Mr. Excitement or something like that, that he had the big glasses, and he was an old guy, but he would start dancing and have, like, a lot of fun. I feel like I look like that, like a Mr. Mr. Magoo. You know what you look like? You look what? like a cross between Mike Myers, the actor, and Mike Myers, the Halloween villain, is what you look like to me. Mr. Six, I'm being told, <laughs> is the name of him. But uh, whoever got in my ear that said that, I look like him. I sort of look like Mr. Six. By the way, nothing to be proud of. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> Mr. Six looked ridiculous. I would certainly. Um, uh, but uh, whatever. You know what? 
whatever. Uh-huh. We're five and five, baby. Five we were one and, and four baby. at one point. Now we're five and five. We should be six and four. We're at Taylor Heineke for president. All yes, right, in the playoff mix. All right, Trooper Cup's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, now you got to now you got to kill my buzz. Yes, uh, initial X-rays were negative, so it doesn't look like a fracture, but it is a sprain, and it's looking like he might be out for a meaningful amount of time. We will get into Van Jefferson and his spot on the waiver wire. We'll talk a little Alan Robinson for better or worse, but uh, obviously a, a huge shame with Cup going down as the Rams season gets even worse. Well, and that's the concern here, right? So their upcoming schedule at New Orleans, at Kansas City, home to Seattle, home to Vegas. You don't feel good about the Chiefs or the Seahawks game. Can they beat New Orleans on the road? Maybe. Can they beat Las Vegas at home without Cooper Cup? Maybe, but like the fact of the matter is, is over the next four games, if they go, they go two and two, so even one, you know, now. if they go one and three, he's their franchise guy. And you like, do, do you just? That's the question. Has he played his last game for the Rams? Because even if he's quote healthy enough to come back and say, I'm making up a, a date, week fourteen, week fifteen. What's the if the Rams are out of it. Why are you bringing him back, right? And I'm just, I'm asking, as somebody who has Cooper Cup on a bunch of dynasty teams that are all like in first or second place, I desperately need Cooper Cup to come back, like because I built these teams to compete this year in a big way, and they're all rolling. Um, So I really want my little Cooper Cup to come back selfishly, but looking at it objectively, like, why would you? He's gotten paid. He got his deal. Right? I mean, they got the Super Bowl ring. They're not winning this year. He's their franchise guy. Why are you going to bring him back and risk further injury? He also played 21 games last year, and he takes an insane amount of punishment. Amazing blocker. And also, yeah, it's, he, takes, he just takes a lot of hits. And he had a lot of receptions to take a lot of hits last season. So, I mean, the Rams, it, it feels like their season is just done uh, at this point, And I wouldn't see why they would need to certainly rush him back, yeah. let alone bring him back. At all. All right, let's talk about Jerry Judy, who escaped a major injury, which it looked like he might have had in real time, but he's got a minor ankle injury. Any interest in uh, the next man up, the great Kendall Hinton? No. Okay. Sorry, Kendall. No, I mean, like, Jerry Judy was inconsistent, and he's better than Kendall Hinton. You know what shares of the Broncos' pass game? No, I mean, I, there's, I mean, other than Dulcich, you know, who ran a ton of routes, like, you know, nothing. Nothing last week that makes you excited. Now they're playing Vegas at home this week, if, if, right? Excited. I mean, that's a nice that's a nice matchup. Cortland Sutton might make my love list this week, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, listen. To me, that's the benefit here is that Sutton, who was a fantasy starter, and then you went back here. Sutton had 11 targets last week. Um, so for me, especially in a matchup against Las Vegas, I think you feel good about Cortland Sutton and the amount of targets he'll get in this one. But, yeah, I'm not interested in any other Jerry Judy replacement. No. Okay, let's jump into waiver-wired running backs. Okay. And first of all, let's look at the notable running backs on by headline. I'm I'm sorry. Did you ask me to look at the notable running backs on by? Oh, Oh, God. Oh, God, no. I'm looking. It's a tough second after. Who are some of the... Notable running backs on by. Oh, we gotta, we gotta get 
Connor Rogers has got to replace me next time. The Commanders have a win. The this day is after. just, by the way, uh, Connor. Please. A lot of visual jokes you. going on here for those listening on home at home in a podcast. Just you know, it, it also is worth checking out on demand on Peacock <laughs> or on the case, NFL I'd on NBC YouTube channel. Starting the what? podcast is the play for this episode. No, I'm, I, you, the visuals are here. You, you stepped over my uh, you stepped over my uh, plug there. The NFL on NBC YouTube channel. You can okay. see this on demand as well. This is a great channel. All right, Ken Walker's on by. Leonard Fournette, and maybe more uh, to the point, Rashad White is on by as well. Travis Etienne, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, they're all out, so we'll yeah. tell you who to pick up. And as we look at what they have done this season. It's a lot of, I mean, like you, you've got uh, five running backs inside the top 30, uh, and Wilson and Mostert, you know, especially Wilson, who's come on lately, Walker and Etienne, both top 20 running backs, and those are guys that didn't really start as the guy yep. in their backfield Rashad as well. Rashad White should be top 30 the rest of the way I would well. think so as well. So you've got six running backs that, you know, uh, matter to you that are not playing this week. So yep. chances are you need a running back. Yep. And I think the probably the hottest name uh, among running backs is going to be Elijah Mitchell, who uh, all of a sudden is in a 50-50 timeshare with Christian McCaffrey. I don't know why they sold the farm to get a, uh, a split yeah. backfield going, but uh, Elijah Mitchell was basically now, getting half the, half the work against the Chargers. We want to bring him up right now just because he is available in about 42% of Yahoo leagues. My guess is in most competitive leagues he's not, but we bring him up, so it is worth checking to see if he's out there in yours. We don't think he's widespreadly available, but uh, which is sort of a word. But to your point, to your point, that even with Christian McCaffrey active and, for, and 18 touches for CMC, Elijah Mitchell saw, still saw 56% of the team's running back carries. You know, this is somebody who um, had 19 touches, as you mentioned, in Week 10. Uh, you know, he caught one pass there. You see it there on your screen, but yeah. Given it, it sort of makes sense, both these guys are super talented. Both these guys have had extensive injury histories, and so wanted to keep both of them a little bit uh, safe and healthy. Split up the workload. It does feel like that they want to go. They still want to be fairly run heavy in San Francisco. Their defense is going to keep them in most games. So as a result, they're going to be able to run the ball and have a balanced offense. So Elijah Mitchell, not only for the upside, if anything were to happen for CMC, but because it seems like he is going to have you know, over 40% of this San Francisco running back uh, shares worth picking up if he is out there in your league. Yeah, definitely. If I was a CMC manager, I would be concerned that this has happened after they've had their buy. Like, McCaffrey's integrated it into the offense now, into the playbook, and he's still had less carries than Elijah Mitchell, which is a little bit of a concern over a guy who three days ago we thought was going to be the clear number one guy in fantasy the rest of the way. Not looking like that anymore. I think he still could be, though. I still think, I mean, like if you're drafting again today, how far down in the draft are you getting before you take Christian McCaffrey? If you want to take Saquon Barkley ahead of him, I get it. You know, if you want to take uh, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, Eckler, I mean, it's one game for Taylor, which is against the Raiders. I think I'm probably, I mean, He's in that top five. I think I'm probably still taking McCaffrey one. Really? Yeah, I mean, even with, look. I think I'd take Saquon. Which is fair. Like, I mean, I think it's really there between um, Saquon and CMC. I'll just say that, like, he had 18 touches. Like, if you're telling me Chris McCaffrey's going to get 18 touches a game in a Niners offense, I'm good. Yeah. Knock yourself out with Elijah Mitchell. They're still going to use Christian McCaffrey in high leverage situations, in the red zone, in scoring opportunities. He's Christian freaking McCaffrey. Like, 
if you want to go Barkley ahead of him, I get that. I got no issue or beef with that. Um, and make it no mistake, I'm down for some beef. I'm ready. Bring it on. Who wants it? Let's go, Blake Friedman, you dumb Eagles fan. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, need, we need to get vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> look, let's go to Rashad White, who is on a bye. But it seems like the reporting is saying that Rashad White might be the guy, regardless of Leonard Fournette's injury, which doesn't seem that serious in any case. And Rashad White should obviously be rostered in every single league and started every week until further notice. We've been saying this for quite some time about picking up Rashad White. Now that he's on a bye this week, so if you need somebody for this week, he ain't your guy. But when we just think about running backs that play with Tom Brady, especially in November and December, even in Tampa Bay, that has a lot of value. You heard Brady in the postgame press conference talk about how important it is for them to be able to run the ball effectively, to set up play action, to make it a more balanced offense that makes him more efficient. It's super important to what he wants to do. And so uh, Rashad White, who had 105 rushing yards in Germany, that's the most rushing yards by Bucks running back since week one, and looked, by the way, more explosive than Leonard Fournette prior to the injury. I mean, just prior to the injury, I think in the worst-case scenario for Rashad White, it is a 50-50 split. And the best-case scenario is that Fournette is still a little bit banged up when they come out of the bye, and that maybe it's 60-40 White, or even that he gets the full start because Fournette is not ready to be the guy uh, in, when they come back in Week 12. Remember, when Fournette went down, uh, Rashad White played 80% of the snaps. Yep, all-time NFL record leader for rushing yards in Germany, Rashad White. Yes. He's definitely the guy that you want. Uh, let's talk about Isaiah Pacheco, who's 76% available, and Jarek McKinnon, 84% available. Now, Isaiah Pacheco is a very kind of, you know, sexy name yeah. at the moment. I'm not sure. really sure that he should be, though, because he's only getting first and second down work. He's not playing third downs. He's not getting any pass game work in the red zone. That's a question as well. And also, the Chiefs throw the ball more than anyone. You know what he's like? He's like, no, I'll tell you exactly what he's like. He's a little, what you just described is basically Brian Robinson of my commanders, who, as you know, (laughs) won last night. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, but but to your point, right? Like, I mean, he is touchdown dependent. It is a pass first offense. He's not going to have any passing game usage. Um, He had a 57% snap rate uh, this past weekend. Third highest by Chiefs running back so far this year. But you're right. Like, I mean, he had 82 yards. Like, you know, he's not going to – if he doesn't get into the end zone, that's what – it's going to be seven to eight points, which is fine. I mean, like in seven to eight points with potential for a touchdown, that's usable as a flex. So we think you should pick him up. We just want to, you know, caution that it may have been a game script thing. I don't know that Clyde edwards Lair is completely done. Who knows? You know, it was sort of weird. But it does feel like – they, they seem to like Pacheco. The important part to me was after Pacheco fumbled, he came back in. They still went to him. Uh, they, they didn't like bench him. He's had double-digit carries in three different games this year. He's averaging over five yards per carry in all of them. So there's more explosiveness and more between-the-tackle strength to him than I think CEH. And then you think about, okay, well, what about the passing game? Well, Jarek McKinnon, the other guy you mentioned there, is frankly better in the passing game, right? Uh, he's actually played more snaps than any other Chiefs running back this season, 55 to be exact. He's had back-to-back games with eight targets and six receptions. and it, they, he's, he's fully healthy. He, there was somebody that they used a lot in the playoffs last year as well. So coming back healthy feels like McKinnon and Pacheco are the guys. One's the early down guy, one's the third down and passing down back. But uh, doesn't, you know, I think he's... I think McKinnon has a, as long as we're talking commanders, and 
we are, and by we I mean me. We're always talking. No, but like, yeah. He's kind of a J.D. McKissick type. Oh, but you're just going to compare everything to Washington Commander yeah, for the end of time? It. Yeah, Patrick but Mahomes. But fantasy is kind like of a Jason, Taylor Heineke. Jason Campbell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, uh, stop with Jason <laughs> Campbell. Good thing about the other Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Uh, um, all right, let's break down these three big names. No, but, but, do you, but I'm saying fantasy-wise, they're different players. Like, but I'm just saying, like, they, J.D. McKissick had use, was flex, when J.D. McKissick was healthy, especially last year, in... 12-team or deeper uh, PPR leagues, he was a, J.D. McKissick was like a viable flex. And that's what I think McKinnon is. Yep. Okay, Pacheco, Mitchell, White, how are you ordering those guys, one, two, three, in terms of priority? Yeah, I think it depends on what you need, right? And this is also like how much fab should I spend? I've been holding on to the number one waiver pick. Do I use that? It all depends. Are you 7-3 and three and loaded at running back? Then to me, Elijah Mitchell, because you don't need him this week, or Rashad White, those are guys that have more upside to me, if, if I'm in that situation where I, I feel pretty good at my running back room, 7-3 and three or whatever or better, like I know I'm making the playoffs, Rashad White has the most long-term potential and upside. But I need somebody this week. Give me – I need a live body this week because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, – I'm missing both, uh, you know, ETN and, uh, and Fournette. Uh, then, to me, uh, Pacheco is the guy against the Chargers. The Chargers are a brutal run defense. Yes, they are. And uh, they don't have any tack- defensive tackles left uh, at all, so they're in trouble. All right, let's talk yeah. about... Only, over the last four weeks, only one team in the NFL has given up more rushing yards per game, to uh, more rushing yards per game, period, than the L.A. Chargers. So Pacheco, who should get the majority of the work, he'll be on the love list this week as a flex play. I've actually never seen anything like that that happened against the 49ers, where they literally ran out of defensive tackles, so they had to blitz every single play at yeah. the end because it was the only way they were going to clog up the gaps. All right, let's talk about Jalen Warren who was uh, one of the big names of last week in terms of the murmurs that Najee Harris was going to be sidelined out of the role that he had. Well, not the case. He got 20 carries. Still any interest in picking up Jalen Warren, who's available in 73% of leagues? Yeah, I am interested in in Warren. Like, there was kind of, you know, shots fired for Najee Harris, and I think he got the message, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that Jalen Warren, as you see it there on your screen in terms of what the two guys did against the Saints, like, Jalen Warren had 40 receiving yards. Which, had, you know, he ultimately had 12 touches. It was his second straight game with over 75 yards from scrimmage. He's averaging six yards per touch so far this season. Harris just 3.8. They host the Cincinnati Bengals in a divisional matchup this week. So, Warren, again, a lot of upside because if anything were to happen to Harris, Warren would immediately be vaulted into kind of a top 15 running back. But at the moment, I think he's a. 12-team or deeper flex play. He's kind of like Jarek McKinnon. Yep. With slightly less upside than McKinnon because you'd rather somebody on the Chiefs offense than the Steelers offense because Kansas City's going to be in scoring position more often. Yep. Mike Tomlin has just said that Najee Harris has some knee discomfort, uh, but he will still be able to play in games. It's just something to monitor and another reason why Jalen Warren should be on your bench. By the way, I'm reporting that Jay Croucher has some host discomfort. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing through it. Though. Right, exactly. Playing through it. Yeah, the, yep. the chains are, are, uh, are tough, but... And the jigglings even worse. The All interesting right. thing is, like, because I studied the Kirk Cousins video, and then I studied, I studied Shefty's parody of it, what is this like? right? And it's, it's, it's the hands have to be close. The arms and hands like close. Like they don't. Like it's not a lot of this. It's a lot of like just this. Yeah. And I don't know what this is. This is like the. Is this like a dad move or something like that? But it's a lot of like just the hand. It's like a choo-choo train kind of thing, like where your hands are sort of close together. Your arms are close and your elbows are basically on your side. And you're sort of like, it's kind of a rock'em, sock'em robot thing that they've got going on. Watch the videos. 
I imagine like, you know, this is... And it's a little bit of a hips. I don't know what's going on there. imagine this is the exact same stuff Daniel Day-Lewis did with uh, Abe Lincoln before, Probably. Uh, before Link at the same kind of method, method acting. Probably, method acting right here. Yeah. Well, you understand. You understand I take my role serious. Like, I, I mean, because as, yeah. as you... Daniel Day-Berry. That, Daniel, <laughs> thank you very much. I mean, because, like, you know what Daniel Day-Lewis is? Let's see. Not the highest grossing actor on a per-movie <laughs> yeah. basis in, in, in Hollywood box office history. Wow. Because you are... You are talking to the person that. that is. Yeah, yeah. On a per-movie basis, yes. I'm the highest-grossing actor of all time worldwide. The jiggling continues even when physically it's not. I'm just saying, so I mean, don't question my, my thespian schools. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood, let's talk about the waiver wire of potential cuts. Right, sure. Here are the most dropped running, uh, most dropped running backs on Yahoo, headlined by Eno Benjamin, who is uh, looking for work. Kyron that was Williams. a weird one. I didn't I, get that. I, I, I feel like he's the best running back on the team, arguably. I feel like I don't want to cast any aspersions. I, I'm just, it feels like there's more to that story, and I don't know what it it's is. A bit of an aspersion. Well, well I'm, just, I'm just, well, no, I'm, I'm not saying why. I'm not saying, I don't know if it's on Eno's side or the Cardinal side or that just, it's just, that's a weird one, yes, right? Very we, have to, we have to acknowledge that, that on a team that has a running back that's injury prone, to release the guy that had been their starter a couple of, just a couple of weeks ago and performed well, it just, out of the blue, like, why are you releasing him? It's not like there was a corresponding roster move either. No. They just got rid of him. So it does feel like there's more to that story from what from one of the two sides. Here, the, the guys that are interesting here of, of these guys, um, uh, you know, uh, Deion Jackson, I get that, you know, with Jonathan Taylor's back, but there's still that Naheem Hines role available and Matt Ryan as good as he looked last week he's still gonna dump off like there's still like you know seven touches so Deion Jackson I think and given Taylor's injury history I think he's sort of interesting um uh as well Khalil Herbert like he left the game and so I get that but like he's been really productive we don't know how injured he is um those are ones that I probably wouldn't be as uh keen to drop that and any of those players like again you're dropping them if, if you need somebody there, but I'm not actively looking to drop, uh, you know, some of those guys. Yep. Okay. Uh, look, I think. No, like if, if you wanted to hang on to, again, like Deion Jackson is somebody like Chuba Hubbard, given how well, you know, if anything were to happen to Deontay Foreman, Clyde Edwards-E Lair, you know, he was really good, and then his usage has been go- trending down, and then just no usage last week. But like, you never know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yep. So. All right. Um, well, do we have something on Mister Six? Mr. Six. Okay. All right, let's go to it. This is That's Mr. Oh, Six. Oh, no. See? That's actually eerily similar. I'm just saying, right. That's not right. good for you, Matthew. We're showing you That's a... not good for you at all. Well, right, but I mean, I... It's like... It is. I have a, it's a little... It's... it's wow. Like, I do... I actually have hair, unlike Mr. Six. I don't have a lot of hair, but I have, I have more than Mr. Six. But it's, like, it's sort uh, of... It's like watching I'm the two... As, <laughs> I'm probably not as nimble. It's like watching the two Gwyneth Paltrow's in uh, Sliding Doors. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. It's basically the same I might... I mean, I may or may... We, no one actually knows the uh, the identity of Mr. Six. Maybe it's me. It's maybe you. it was a tour de force. It was maybe a, I am, talented Mr. Maybe Roto I, yeah, all exactly. along. Maybe I am acting. All right. Please, God, let's get to break. And when we come back, we'll talk about wide receivers to pick up. Christian Watson or Kadarius Tony. Mr. Six will break it down. Come on back. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen. 
because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Christian Watson suffered another uh, brain injury this past week. The second in three weeks, second in two weeks. Really unfortunate for the rookie. Uh, can't stay on the field. Um, hope he's okay. But I, I think that he has a clearer path to upside than Alec Pierce. <laughs> oh my God, I must spit on my coffee. <clears throat> that was, that could have been bad. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. We, we could have edited it out. It's no problem, right? No, I'm hearing no. They're saying no. I would have just spit coffee all over my computer and it would have sizzled and died. All right, there's Denny Carter. No robe this time, but a penchant for no, uh, no choking robe, on his own but, coffee. But a, but a fake earpiece and coffee and uh, asking to edit out edit something out of a live yes, broadcast. fake interns. I worry about Denny sometimes, but after our show, if you want more rock solid. I feel like he's solid... got to have at least one real friend. I know he's got a lot of imaginary stuff going on in his life. Internet Maybe... friends. Sure. Coffee mugs. Yeah. Yeah, try and kill him. Thing. I'll be, look. Mr. Six will be his friend. Yeah. Now listen, go to our YouTube page. I wish we, at- could do, we, we need to figure out a way to do um, live <laughs> Let polls. Let me read this off. No, no, no. We, we need to figure out a way to do live polls during the show because I would take a poll as to whether I should take this off or not. Uh, whether, keep, I mean, I'm, I'm keeping uh, the jersey yeah, on. Yeah. My double zero jersey. This, is a, this was a specially designed. It's Maddie. Um, like I'm just going to, here, I'll turn around. The NFLPA, my friends at the NFLPA sent this to me. <laughs> See, M Exotic. It's Maddie Exotic. Uh. It's a whole thing that. Uh, you know, I I should put up a Twitter poll, but then I'm gonna, uh, but you know, um, yes, right. I should. But well, all right, what are we doing? Let's wide receiver waiver wide. Let's get into wide receiver. But firstly, oh, oh, real quickly, as long as we're talking wide receivers, you're gonna get the Cooper Cup news. Yeah. So Cooper Cup is having ankle surgery. He's going on IR. He'll miss at least four weeks. Looks like it might be a bit longer than that as well. So, what are you taking your cat off for? Uh, your little Cooper Cup? Yeah. Just it feels disrespectful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go straight to wide receivers. You know what? <laughs> I don't like the hat. All right. Uh, you know who doesn't like the hat? You know All what? the wide receivers on by. Yeah. Headlined by the great Tyreek Hill, the best receiver in the game, along with Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Jalen Waddle is out too. Naturally, Christian Kirk, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Ooh, DK Metcalf. That is a murderer's row of... Receiver talent, they're all out, so we'll tell you who to pick up. And we're going to start off with your man, Kadarius Tony. He's not really been your man. You weren't that he hot hasn't on been. I, I, yeah, he's I, a thousand percent, he's, definitely not, he's yeah. definitely not my man. I, my I think man. here's the positives of Kadarius Tony. Incredible talent, just from a pure skill st- standpoint. Yes. right? We know he's really, really talented. Had 90 total yards and just six touches last week. Two for, tw- two for 33 as a rusher, 457-1. And at 457 and one, the touchdown being there as a receiver. So again, just seeing the versatility and the different ways that the Chiefs can use him. He was targeted on 30% of his routes. He played 44% of his snaps, which is significantly up from week nine when he played just 9%. That's all the good stuff. Oh, by the way, he plays for the Chiefs. Patch Mahomes and Andy Reid. The bad stuff is, is that even in his best game, uh, you know, a small sample size, but even in his best game for the Chiefs, he played under 50% of the snaps. 
Juju Smith-Schuster left this game early. Miko Hardman was inactive for this game. What is Kadarius Toney's role when both those guys are back, maybe as soon as this week? Um, and then you, they're using, obviously, Kelsey in the passing game. They've got McKinnon. They've got, you know, MVS. They've got a lot of weapons there. Can you count this year for consistent fantasy value on Kadarius Toney when you've got all these mouths to feed? Yeah, I think, look, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to break, basically break the all-time passing yards record, and those yards have to go somewhere outside of Travis Kelsey, and I think that Kadarius Toney is probably the most talented yeah. wide receiver on the team, and he's done that in Game 2 with Mahomes, so I think there is upside. They didn't throw it much on Sunday because they didn't have to because they were playing with the lead the whole time, which I know they tend to do, but still, I think there is a fair bit of upside in Kadarius Toney. Do you prefer him to Christian Watson? Uh, it depends on, again, what you need. If I'm starting somebody this week, I feel better about Christian Watson and his role going forward against the Tennessee Titans, right? Four for 107 and three touchdowns. He played on 85% of the snaps. His 42% target share last week was obviously very encouraging in the fact that he produced and the Packers won. You figure Aaron Rodgers is going to go back to him. We'll see if Romeo Dobbs returns as well um, uh, for the Packers. But I like the matchup for Watson against the Titans better than Kadarius Tony against the Chargers. Again, I'm just I feel like Watson is in a has a clearer path to significant targets consistently than Kadarius Tony, even though Tony might be more talented and be on a more explosive offense. So if I'm just swing if I'm like again, if I'm in that seven and three, I'm six and four, I'm eight and two, and I feel pretty good about where I am in the league and I feel like I'm definitely making the playoffs and I just want to swing for the fences, grab a stash guy and you know, we'll see what happens. That's Kadarius Tony. Yep. Biggest upside. But hey, I need to start somebody this week. I'm five and five. I'm I'm six and four, but it's all bunched up. This is a must win for me. To me, Watson is your guy. Again, he's available in ninety one percent of leagues. Kadarius Tony, just forty nine percent available. He may have been picked up. He, he was definitely picked up in a lot more leagues when he went to the Chiefs. Yep, and I think Watson definitely has a lot of upside as well to come yeah, No to. question. So, uh, are either of these guys, do you blow your fab budget on them, you know, in the vein of Ken Walker uh, a few weeks ago, or not quite in that tier? Not quite in that tier. Again, like, both guys had huge games, but both guys, there were extenuating circumstances as to why they had the huge games they did. In the case of Watson, again, no Dobbs, no Randall Cobb, um, and... Uh, you know, playing a defense that they, you know, that that seemed to really focus on trying to stop Alan Lazard. Yep. You know, and then obviously as we talked about with Tony, great matchup with Jacksonville, but also no Hardman, mostly no Juju. Three so. touchdowns probably not going to happen again in a single game for Christian Watson. Correct. Let's talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones. Not as exciting of a name as Tony uh, or Watson, but I mean, there's a decent chance he might outproduce those guys the rest of the way just because of his consistency. Past six games, he has been extremely consistent. Uh, on a Cleveland team that their season's going south, but Deshaun Watson is coming, and uh, they're needing to throw the ball more as, uh, as they're behind in a lot of games, and DPJ has been the beneficiary. Since week four, he's had a 21% target share. He's a top 32 fantasy wide receiver. Not great, but, like, usable. I mean, that's what Donovan Peoples-Jones is. He's usable. 11 or more fantasy points in five of the last six games. Uh, definitely seems to have a connection with Jacoby Brissett, and after Amari Cooper, he's absolutely the Browns pass catcher you want. It's, it's worth noting that uh, in week 13, Deshaun Watson is eligible to return. We're going to talk about him coming up in the quarterback section. But again, in theory, there's, there's a chance that there is a, a better quarterback from a skill standpoint coming into the, into the team and a quarterback that we've seen in pre, his previous stop of Houston 
really liking to throw deep, which is part of DPJ's game. Yep. All right, let's move on to Paris Campbell. Now in the rejuvenated, feel-good, uh, Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves style, Indianapolis Colts movie. Yeah. Headlined by Coach of the Year, Jeff Saturday. Undefeated. Paris Campbell with Matt Ryan at quarterback. He seems like a viable fantasy option going forward. He's had three games, his last three, with Matt Ryan at quarterback. And in those last three games, he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game, 32 targets in those three games, 24 receptions, three touchdowns. You know, he's averaging a touchdown a game. He's averaging over 10 targets a game, uh, you know, over seven receptions a game. In fact, he's had at least 18 fantasy points in every single game, uh, the last three games that Matt Ryan has started. And part of that is because there seems to be a connection. Part of that is because Paris runs a lot of his routes. He's the slot guy, so he runs a lot of his routes close to the line of scrimmage. Ryan's, despite what we saw last week, still not the most mobile guy in the world. And so he was dumping it off to Paris Campbell a lot. Yes, as long as Matt Ryan is the starting quarterback for the Colts, uh, I think that obviously Michael Pittman's value goes up, but Paris Campbell will have uh, success and value. They play the Eagles this week, the Colts do. So obviously an angry Eagles team. Because the Eagles, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they lost yeah, they to my lost commanders to on commanders. national television. Yeah, yeah. Like, everyone yeah. was watching. They were, they were 8-0. Yep. They were 8-0, and they were at home. And they played the Thursday night game the week before. So in, they had, like, 11 days. Yep. You know, they had, like, kind of an extended a mini-buy, if you will. They had 11 days to prepare for a primetime home game yep. against my reeling <laughs> Washington commanders. Not reeling anymore. And, and no. Now and they lost. Now so now they're going to be very angry. They're going to yep. be upset. They're going to be bitter. They're going to be, you know... Um, Pissed, if you will. Yeah. Angry, you know, um, scarred. Okay. And they're going to take that out on the, uh, you know, Indianapolis Colts. All right. Let's go uh, and take a look at the most but, added yeah. wide receivers on Yahoo and look at some other potential pickups. Christian Watson, as we said, he should absolutely be rostered. Anyone else stand out on this name, on this list of names? Well, look, I mean, I think Darius Slayton has kind of established himself as sort of, we, we keep hoping for Wondell Robinson to become a thing, but while we keep waiting, uh, Darius Slayton has at least 11.5 fantasy points in four of the last five and over a 20% target share. He has become that thing. Van Jefferson suddenly becomes interesting with the news that Cooper Cup's going to miss at least the next four games. Doesn't look like OBJ is coming either, and we'll see what happens with Allen Robinson. But Van Jefferson is young and talented. We expect him to get some uh, some love. And then finally, how about Nico Collins there, who last week, a 27% target share, sent double-digit fantasy points in three of the last four. And for whatever reason, it seems like they are out on Brandon Cooks. Yep, not going well it's for Brandon just, Cooks. No, hasn't, it's just, yeah. Hasn't been the season he was after. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, all the big all right, names. That's too far. A lot more jiggling to come. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's an animated, like it's an animated, like not animated. It's like Explain a stuffed it animal. It's a stuffed animal, a monkey, and he's just like he's doing this. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah, it's a great impression of it, too. Yeah, it's a lot I'm better. Than, like, it's a lot better than your. You know, you know what I'm nigger. talking about, though. Yeah, I do know. Okay, what then it is a great impression. I have no idea what you're doing with your um, go bold skull, whatever the Schwarzenegger thing is, but yeah, that, that kind of gives an impression of what you're doing. Eerily close. That's eerily close. I, Between that and the jiggling, it's been a strange 24 hours on the set of the Fantasy Football yeah. Happy Hour. Let me tell you. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome from Australia. Yeah. All right, let's jump into some quarterbacks, including uh, not you a very... jump? Well, you know who's the least jiggly quarterback in the NFL? 
Jalen Hurts Marcus because Mariota, probably. Oh, yeah, well, that's fair. Super jiggly. Yeah, uh, but we actually think he could be okay against the Chicago Bears this week. He's available in sixty-seven percent of leagues. Like, you know, on the season, he's the eleventh best quarterback in terms of total points. He's just seventeenth on a points per game basis. You know, a lot of it's just been sort of volume, but. He's kind of a poor man's, and by poor man's, I mean like really, really poor, <laughs> desperate, yes. desperate, desolate, uh, poor man's Justin Fields yeah. because of the rushing, right? I mean, like that's really the calling card for him. He's had at least 40 rushing yards in four of the past six games, and in those four games where he had over 40 rushing yards, he's had over 17 fantasy points. It's a nice matchup with Chicago for this reason. Bears allow the seventh most rushing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. They're tied for the second most rushing touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks. And so, uh, so yeah, Marcus Mariota, uh, you know, I think is actually semi-viable this week if you're looking to, you know, replace a, uh, replace, you know, a, a Tom Brady, a, a Trevor Lawrence. Yep. Okay. Unfortunately for America, we've got to go back a and Gino talk about Smith. The Washington Commanders. Tunga Bailoa. Yeah, some good QBs uh, who are missing this week. But let's talk about Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz again. What are we doing with this situation with Wentz eligible to come off IR with a very nice matchup against the Houston Texans? Yeah, let's see if they announce who the starter is. It feels like it's going to be Heineke as we sit here today, but I don't know. We will see. And it's worth noting that Wentz, in three of his six starts this year, had over 22 fantasy points, had over 300 yards passing. And prior to his injury, was sixth in pass attempts. Like they want to throw, they can. Uh, they'll certainly be able to throw against a Texans defense that is uh, that is 29th in scoring defense over the you know the last four weeks. Yep, Matt Ryan. Don't think too much interest in him going up against Philadelphia. They're going to be running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. But what do we do with Deshaun Watson? Uh, he's coming back in week 13. Look. It feels very disrespectful and silly to be talking about Deshaun Watson in a fantasy football context, especially while wearing this yes. stupid getup. Yes. Right? You know, so, but we are a fantasy football show. So putting aside the awful allegations about Deshaun Watson and not trying to minimize that, and there's a lot of people that rightfully so feel like he shouldn't even be in the NFL this year. The fact of the matter is, is that he is eligible to return in week 13. We are a fantasy football show, and from a fantasy football perspective, he has value, right? I mean, he is going to be a starting quarterback. All three of his full seasons he's played in the NFL, he's been a top-five fantasy quarterback. Now, it'll have been a, over a year since, you, uh, since Deshaun Watson played meaningful football, and he did not look good. You know, he did not look good in the preseason in very limited snaps. But here's his, here's, he's at Buffalo, a Bills defense that doesn't look as scary as it used to, sure. right? Um, and if nothing else, you know, they'll probably be down. Home to Tampa Bay, okay? at Houston, at Cincinnati. So a mixed bag there with a schedule, but given the emergence of Donovan Peoples-Jones, the skill set of Amari Cooper, the fact that he's going to have a strong run game, and that he is Deshaun Watson, who gets you fantasy points with your legs, if you need a quarterback, if you don't need him right now, it's probably worth grabbing him and stashing him, even if you never use him, but just to keep him from somebody else in your league that might need a quarterback. Yeah, he's obviously not going to be playing this week against Buffalo, but when he comes back in the Houston game, it's not the the meanest. Yeah, sorry, that was the that's schedules. the that's the upcoming schedule yeah. of the of the, uh, of the Browns as a whole. But you're right, he is not eligible until the Houston game in Week 13. Yep. So. Okay. We're going to go to break. When we come back, tight ends, including the island of Foster Moreau. Right, remember to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news and injury updates delivered right to your phone, Matthew Barry. Yeah, updates like Dallas Goddard's going to miss you know, significant action. Update like Zach Ertz 
is out for the year. Yep. Updates like, hey, you probably need a tight end. Yep. Darren Waller's going to IR, which he did last week. So that means Foster Moreau, who should have had a second touchdown last week. It didn't, but a 16.5 target share in the four games Waller has missed. We like him the most, uh, certainly this week uh, at Denver. Isaiah Likely. We'll see if Mark Andrews comes back. John Harbaugh said, uh, sounded optimistic, but no Rashad Bateman. Likely, perhaps, is the number two pass catcher, even if Andrews is back. He gets the Carolina Panthers this week. How about Jawan Johnson, who's been a top eight fantasy tight end three of the last four weeks? He's had four touchdowns over that stretch. He's a talented player, even with Trotman back. Jawan Johnson's been getting the love. And filling in for Zach Ertz in Arizona will be Trey McBride, who is a talented rookie they like a lot. Not as big a role since DeAndre Hopkins came back, and Marquise Brown should be back soon. But still, as you get down the list and you're desperate, Trey McBride would be our number four tight end today. There you go. Is that the end of the show? That's the end of All the right, show. You have to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, peace out. Yeah.